You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Thank you, Martin, for that Ignite plug. Usually I'm plugging it with loads of people. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen you on a Friday. Do you want to join us? (laughs) So good morning, church. How are we? Are you good? Good. Are you ready to receive a word from the Lord? Good. Yeah, I think like, like Martin said, um, Dave and I are leading the, the youth here on a Friday. I also have the privilege of working here at church, and I have the honor of sharing the word with you this morning. And so if you do have your notebooks with you or a pen or you have a device, the title for my message this morning is called Growing on Purpose. Um, I was actually going to title it Intentional Growth, but how many of you know we can all have good intentions about growing but never actually make the changes needed to see it happen? You know, but when I looked up the word purpose, I loved what the dictionary said about purpose. It says this, purpose, the reason for which something exists, to resolve to do something, to be determined... I love that. So I'm sticking with growing on purpose. You know, like some of you, every time a fresh year comes around, I like to think about my resolutions or perhaps some changes I'd like to make in my life, just some small goals to work towards. Um, In fact, I got rid of the language resolutions about three years ago when I was spending some time with Dave's family. One of his brothers said to me, look, Lisa, I'm not doing resolutions anymore. I'm calling it improving my rhythms. And I thought, ooh, that sounds good. I was like, it gives me a reason not to be specific. So I'm improving my rhythms. Um, You know, another friend of mine, she will each year, she will take like a word for the year. So for example, she might say to me, Lisa, my, my word for this year is growth or strength, strength in all areas. And, and I love that. And whatever you want to call it, You know, um, whatever you'd like to call it, all of us have a desire to grow. All of us have something inside of us which would like to fulfill our purpose. Whether you are a Christian here today or not, there's something inside of us that longs to be all that we can be. Ultimately, we, we find our purpose in God who fashioned and created us, but God has a desire to see us become all that we were intended to be to grow into the men and women that we were purposed to become. You know, even at the start of the Bible, when God created us, it says in Genesis 1, 27 to 28, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful. The word fruitful means producing an abundant growth. Isn't it great that God wants to bless us, but he also wants to see us have an abundant growth in our lives. You know, so as I was praying and spending time with God over the last couple of weeks, I was brought back to a word that was spoken over Dave and myself um, three years ago, which I'm going to be reading to you today. And Martin, um, I think it was 
August, September time, 2014, he preached an incredible three-part series called Enlarge the Place of Your Tent. And you can actually find that in the archives of our website. It does exist. There's a little like word there that says archives. If you press on it, you can find it there. And I encourage you to go listen to that message after this this morning, because I believe that word is a timely word for us, not only just then, but also today. So let's turn to our Bibles or devices, if you have one with you this morning, and we're going to Isaiah 54, 1 to 4. And it's going to come up on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you here today. So it says, sing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. You know, this this was a word spoken by the prophet Isaiah to a specific people in a specific place at a specific time. You know, this word was to the nation of Israel. You know, if you've ever read the book of Isaiah, you'll know that books 1 to 39 well, pretty much the people getting what the youth of today like to call, call it a roasting from Isaiah the prophet about being a faithless people. But after that comes a word of hope, restoration, favor, and life. Isn't that great? And that's where this word comes in. But it's amazing that even though the word of God was speaking to a completely different people at a different time in a different culture, the word of God still applies to us today here in Coventry, in CLM. Isn't that amazing? You know, so before I move on today, I just want to say, it doesn't matter what you've done, if you feel like you failed God, yourself or others, God wants to speak a word of encouragement to you today. You know, he wants to say to you, enlarge now, stretch out, lengthen, strengthen yourself, Don't be afraid to grow because I have an amazing future for you, even if you can't see it yet. Growing on purpose. My first point today is growth doesn't just happen. It's going to come up behind us. You know, this portion of scripture is saying, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. You know, in verses three, God is giving us the promise, but in verses two to three, he's telling us to prepare. Maybe there are some areas in your life that you can think of straight away where you want to grow, or you maybe want to see some improvement happen. Maybe you have a desire to take your relationship with God to the next level, or perhaps you want to step into all that he has for you. You know, growing on purpose is our responsibility and no one else can do it for us. You know, I, I mentioned in the first service, I'm married to Dave, and you know, he is one of the most encouraging guys I know. He's always encouraging me. But you know what? 
Dave can encourage me to grow, but he can't make me grow. He can't say, oh, Lisa, he, he can say to me, Lisa, I just want to see you grow in God. I want to see you become all that you can be. But he can't make me spend time with God. That's up to me. It's my responsibility. You know, when I lived in South Africa, my grandparents had an incredible garden. I was telling the first of us, every, son, every second Sunday, my dad would take me and my sister to go up to my grandparents, and I would absolutely love it. You know, unlike me, um, my granddad, who was Sicilian, Italian, was super passionate about gardening. He loved it. You know, he was passionate about growing fruits and vegetables, and all the vegans are like, Amen. I see that hand. <laughs> it's two of them. You know, you know, and he used, to, he used to love it. He was really passionate about it. He would honestly, if I had to tell you everything he grew in that garden, I'd be here for 20 minutes. He had like an olive tree. tree. He grew avocados, rhubarb, grapes, apricots. It was incredible. He loved tending to his garden. You know, he separated the garden by building his own stone walls. And, um, you know, even in his spare time, I remember he used to sketch, like, some of the fruits. Like, he was really into gardening, you could tell. You know, but he, he worked so hard to prepare the environment for each plant to grow. You know, he watered them at the right time. You know, he'd look at which plants needed more sunlight you know, and me and my sister, we would just enjoy the benefits of this garden. Because I lived in South Africa, there was loads of wildlife. There was like grass snakes. Some of you are like, oh, but I used to pick them up and put them in my pocket. There was like porcupines and deer. It was awesome. You know, and all this wildlife would be in the garden. And me and my sister would be there on a Sunday. And we wouldn't eat any of the vegetables. We're like, no thanks. No thanks to the veg. But amen to the fruits. I'd be like picking. And it was, it was so great. You see, if you do nothing to grow, growing won't just happen, church. You need to ready yourself for growth. You need to prepare yourself to enlarge, to stretch, and to take hold of all that God has for you. You know, like my grandpa, you need to look at each area of your life and ask yourself, what do I need to do in this area to grow? You know, for me this year, I'm taking a look at each area of my life, even the ones that are undercover. And I'm just like, God, how can I grow in that area? How can I enlarge? How can I, how can I please you in this area? Because I know that I cannot remain the same if I want to become the woman that God has created me to be or intended me to be. I cannot stay as I am now if I want to be that woman. And the same is for you, church. You know, I was saying um, in the first service, it would be so nice to go to a garden center and buy all of that fruit and veg and plant it in the garden and voila, a garden appears. Wouldn't that be nice? I know Dave and I, we are not good at gardening, so I know that in the future we'll be doing that. But you know what? Growth, real growth takes time. Real growth takes time. And every small action we take every day will contribute to seeing growth in your lives. You know, one of the most challenging areas of growth in my life has been patience. Anybody else? Oh, there's a few of you. You know, you can ask Dave or my best friend, Megan, who's known me since I was eight. I can be impatient at times. And, and one of the areas I can get really impatient with is, is when it comes to cleaning the house. Is anybody like this? Does anyone like a clean house? 
Yeah, all the moms are like, amen. You know, I was, I was joking um, around and saying that sometimes I'll, I'll get home and we'll have some guests coming over and I'll be like, everyone, I want this place looking like Disney on ice in five minutes. And it's like, five minutes, what? But I can be like impatient with just wanting to get things done. You know, one of the most challenging um, times of my life was when I first gave my life to God. I felt I was called to work for the local church. Obviously, I was still in school, so that was a little bit hard, staying, staying school kids. You know, but I, I served where I could. And when I turned 18, I, I applied for an internship, um, which was such a life-changing experience for me. I was working with our youth and our creative department and... Um, I was working with our youth pastor and any job that he gave me, you know, I'd do it. And most of the jobs were never glamorous. But when it came to the end of that internship, I was so hoping that there'd be something at the church that I could stay on. But there wasn't. There wasn't a job offer. There wasn't an opportunity. You know, and I felt so disappointed. Some of my friends who were doing the internship with me. They were going to the Bible college down the road. There was a Bible college quite close to our church. And all of them were pretty much going there. And I, I was like, oh, I don't feel like God's calling me to go there now. And um, it was a really hard time for me because I felt like, did I really hear from God? Is, is, was that really from you, God? You know, but I had to make a decision there and then to keep on growing in whatever season I found myself in. I need to keep saying yes to God, even if I couldn't see what the bigger picture was. You know, from being 16 to now being 29 and working in church, I can see in hindsight that what God promised to me remained true. But I had to prepare in the 12 years before I got the job. You know, I needed to enlarge my tent. I needed to stretch wide and strengthen and remain faithful. And even in the season Dave and I find ourselves in now, that's a decision we're making for the season ahead of us to keep saying yes to God, to keep being intentional about growing. You know, I know that where I am now and where you are now, it's our decision, church. You know, God has given me everything I need to reach my potential. And you know what? He's given you everything you need to reach your full potential in Him. I'm not saying patience is easy. Who knows it's not easy? But we can't rush growth either. Growth takes time. As I was preparing this message, I felt God saying to me to say to someone today, don't stretch yourself in things that you're not ready for yet. Lean on the Holy Spirit to know what he's asking you to be faithful for in the now season. Sometimes we can see the things that we want and we can try to add all of it to our lives now, but sometimes God's actually just saying, what can you be faithful with now? Because sometimes if we take everything gone, do you know what? we start to get unfaithful with loads of things because we're stretching ourselves thin. You know, for me, it was in the small things, being faithful to my South African pastors at the time, serving them, serving my youth, keeping my word, being reliable, trying to disciple the young people, loving and serving my local church. 
You know, and at the time, I was going through a very difficult time at home, and um, I felt God saying to me, you need to love, Lisa. You need to forgive. You need to press into me in this hard time. And you know what, church? It was actually so much harder for me to be faithful in the small things than it was to be faithful in the bigger things. Sometimes God requires us to be faithful in the small things that are quite close to home. You know, sometimes it can be easy to be faithful in church when we're here just quickly on a Sunday. But you know what? When we go home, can we be faithful to God at home? Can we be faithful to God at work, at university? What is it today God is asking you to be faithful in? I think you'll know. I know. I know the areas of my life that I need to be faithful in. The thing is, you won't get beyond your capacity if you won't challenge it. And you won't know your capacity if you insist on comfort. I need to say that again. You won't get beyond your capacity if you won't challenge it. And you won't know your capacity if you insist on comfort. Change is not easy. You know, just before I got married to Dave, I decided that I wanted to move away from cardio training. I've always loved sports. I've always, because I lived in a warm country, I've always done sport when I was younger. um, And I love the idea of running. I don't actually like running. I like the idea of running, but I try to do it. But when I got married to Dave, you know, I noticed his biceps. I noticed he worked out. I was like, I want to get strong. You know, I'm not sure if it's because he has three brothers. And I was thinking to myself, I need to be able to defend myself if like an attack comes upon me or like a spontaneous wrestle. Like I need to be able to get out of a headlock. So I need, I need strong arms. <laughs> so I started to lift some weights, you know, and I remember watching some, some of the women at gym and, and I was looking at this really strong woman and, and she, she was doing it so effortlessly. She was just like, ah, ah, and, you know, making those interesting sounds that bodybuilders make. I was like, oh my goodness, she's really intimidating, but I like it. And, um, you know, <laughs> can be like that. And you know, she was just like making it look so easy. And I remember picking up my first weight. Guys, it was horrible. I just realized how weak I was. You know, there's really small weights that some of the kids are like, woo! I was like, oh Lord. (laughs) But you know what? I was faithful in the small and it's been a work in progress. I'm not lifting 35 yet, so don't come to my gym and, and keep an eye on me. But do you know what? It's been a work in progress. Because the truth is, to be able to lift 35 kilograms, you need to be faithful with 5 kilograms for a season. And after that, you need to be faithful with 10 kilograms, and then more, and then more, until eventually you can lift 35. But you know what? As your muscles get used to that weight, and this is the, the important part, they grow and they sustain growth so that eventually they can carry a little bit more as they strengthen Growth doesn't just happen. We need to make decisions to enlarge, to stretch, to strengthen, and maybe that does start in the smaller areas of your life. You know, but as you are faithful with those, God will enlarge your capacity. He is for you. He loves you. And as you grow, learn to lean on him for strength. You know, as we, we can't do it without his help. You know, this morning we're singing, Our God Saves. Do you know what? God is able to help you in any area of your life this morning. You know, the second point is growth isn't easy. 
You know, when this word was first spoken over Dave and I three years ago, I was thrilled. I was so excited. I remember going home and reading it over and over to myself. I read it in the Amplified version. I read it in the Message version, the NIV, every version. I was just reading it. I was like, woo, God, I'm going to enlarge. I'm going to stretch. Thank you for this promise. It's amazing. You know, and this is no joke, but I'm consider myself to be quite a creative person. So like I went out into town, into Coventry Town Center. I love charity shopping. So I went into one of the charity shops and I found an old frame, got some gold spray paint. I went home, I sprayed it, put some nice fabric behind, got my Sharpie out for my creative room. And I was like, I'm gonna write this first out. I wrote it out, put it on the side of my bed so I could see it every morning. But the truth is, The last three years since that word was spoken over Dave and I have been some of my hardest. The frame didn't help. (laughs) And I have no idea where it is. I think it's disappeared because we've moved house three times in the last three years. I was thinking about that frame the other day. I was like, I wonder where it could be. (laughs) But you know what, church? When you decide to grow, it doesn't mean that hard times or challenges disappear. You know, in fact, sometimes when you decide to grow, they actually appear. Something that's always fascinated me is whenever you watch the news, um, I was joking around with uh, John this week because I, I saw that Storm Doris had come to town on the news. I was like reading BBC and it says, beware of Storm Doris. I was like, oh, I need to tell John. <laughs> um, his fiance's name is Doris. But um, something that always fascinates me is when I'm watching the news and there's torrential winds or hurricanes or tornadoes, you know, there's always trees waving about in the background. It's like really weird. It's like these strong, mighty forces of wind are taking down buildings and structures and devastating everything. And then there's like some palm trees, like, woo! It always amazes me. You know, and the reason why is that the trees learn to grow and dig their, de- their, their roots down deep during these tough conditions so that they can withstand whatever the weather is bringing and remain strong. You know, I just want to say to anyone today in your life, maybe, maybe you're feeling a bit overwhelmed with things in your life and you want to change and you want to grow and God is increasing your capacity and maybe that's overwhelming. Well, this is an important time for you to grow and dig your roots down deep so that while God's increasing your capacity, you can withstand all that he's bringing your way. I'm not saying God brings that our way, but sometimes life just throws that to us. And we need to be strong to deal with that. You know, someone in the Bible that I admire a lot is Joseph. He was betrayed by his brothers at the age of 17. He was thrown in a pit to die, sold into slavery. He served one of Pharaoh's officials, but then was wrongly accused of adultery and landed up in prison. You know, if you know the story, you'll know eventually that he becomes the ruler of Egypt, and at the age of 30, he helps bring the nation out of a severe famine. And I was thinking about this story as I was preparing, and I I thought, imagine saying to Joseph in the prison, enlarge the place of your tent, Joseph. Stretch your tent curtains wide, mate. I love that word in the English, mate. Don't hold back, Joe. Lengthen your cords. 
If we were in South Africa, we would say, strengthen your stakes, brew. (laughs) For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, even though you're in prison, your descendants are going to dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. If someone was speaking a word like that to me in a prison, they would not be my friend. I would not be friends with that person. I think if I was in a prison, believing a word like that would be hard. Not just the encouragement, but actually believing the promise of God. I'd be thinking, God, how do I enlarge or stretch when I'm here in these circumstances? Let alone believe all that you have for me. It can be hard to grow and hard to believe all that God has for us when we are looking at our natural circumstances, when we're looking at things around us. It's hard to believe the promises of God. But I love that God was developing and growing Joseph to be a leader in prison. How do you deal with your prison moments, church? How are you growing in the hard seasons of life? Are people looking at your life and seeing you trusting in God? Are you teachable? Can you take correction? Can you serve someone else's vision? Can you be faithful in a job that maybe you don't like? How you respond in each season of your life could could be the catapult of how and what you enter into next. You know, even if that response is hard, we need to choose to face our fears, face those things that are holding us back, deal with our limitations, and trust that God can use us for his purposes. You know, I've been thinking a lot about plants in the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm not sure if it's been God speaking to me or if because I'm speaking about growth today, everything I've been looking at, I'm like, hmm, there's a little bit of truth in that. Oh, I like that. But you know what? I actually believe that God can highlight simple truths to us in everyday things in life. You know, and the one thing I've been thinking about a lot is because I work at church and I'm here, I'm often in the grace room and I'm here with the youth on a Friday night, I've been thinking about our fake trees that you can see at the back, our fake trees in the grace room. Some of you may have thought, wow, those trees never die. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, they don't die. They stay the same week in and week out. They never change. They are always there. They look the same. <laughs> You see, fake plants give off the appearance of health. But there's actually no change and no growth. It isn't authentic, it's synthetic. Synthetic means that it's made by a chemical synthesis, I've practiced that word all week, synthesis, to imitate a natural product. Wow, to imitate a natural product. We cannot imitate growth, church. We must decide today that we want to be real and we want to grow. Let's not be people who give off the appearance of growth, like the trees at the back, because it's easy or because maybe we don't want to be challenged. Because you know what? It is easy to come here every Sunday, go through the motions of worship, say hello to all the Christians. Hi, hi, fine, great, yeah. But you know what, we can, we can give off the appearance of growth, but it's not actually genuine. 
You know, we need to make a decision. We've been talking about community over the last couple of weeks. We need to be authentic in our growth. And maybe come to the community and say, hey, this is a place. This is what believers did back in the day. They came together. They shared their sin and said, look, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? You know, they encouraged each other. We need to be authentic in our growth. You know, when the word says, enlarge the place of your tent, in those days, they didn't have pop-up tents like Dave and I enjoy the pleasure of these days. Um, Dave and I, we've been married three years now, and um, we figured out in our third year, actually in our first year of marriage, that there's three things we cannot do together. One of them is build IKEA furniture. I can't do that. The second thing is we can't canoe with each other. Don't ask questions. We tried to canoe on our honeymoon. It just was not working. We weren't going anywhere. We're just like, we can't do this. And the third thing is we can't put up a real tent together. So do you know what? We have pop-up tents, and they are great. Like five seconds, you're like, yes. So we have a great marriage. So if anyone wants to talk to us about um, pop-up tents, we'll let you know where to get them. But you know what? Back in that day, their tents were made of livestock, of animals, of animal skins, and to enlarge their tents meant that something had to die. Sometimes we need some things in our lives to die in order to grow. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's an unwillingness to spend time with God. Maybe it's an attitude, a behavior, or how you respond to situations, how you respond to people. What needs to die in your life today in order for you to grow and enlarge? And sometimes they're not always the pretty things, church. Sometimes it's the things we really struggle with and we don't want to show anybody else. But God wants those things to die in our life in order that we may grow into the people of God he's destined us to be. Maybe just thinking about some of those things makes you feel hopeless. Sometimes it makes me feel hopeless. I'm like, oh, how can I do that? Or will I ever truly be able to change? These are some questions I've often asked myself. But you know what? Our God is able. Our God is mighty to save. And nothing is impossible for him, church. So whatever it is that you need to change or do in order to grow, know that you're not doing it alone. Know that God is with you, he is for you and not against you. Which brings me to my third point today. Growth equals change. It's gonna come up. Growth equals change. When this word of enlargement was spoken to the people of Israel, it was at a time where they probably had felt they failed God. But the truth is God believed them God believed in them, he loved them, and he had chosen them. As I said, books, the books um, from 1 to 39 were dealing with their sin, their lifestyle, their, their behavior, their disobedience. But here, in Isaiah 50, God, 54, God is saying, I believe in you. You know, I love the message version. He says, you're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. God speaks this while the nation of Assyria was dominating, you know, and Israel were going into a time of captivity. I think they had two choices here. They could either believe what God was saying 
or they could stay the same and miss out on what God had for them. The truth is, they couldn't remain the same. You know, Martin preached a great sermon at the start of the year, and um, where he challenged us as a church to step out, to step up, and to step in. And I love that language because it's an invitation to change, but it's us who need to take the steps. You know, there's a saying that says, maybe you could finish it, we can't do the same thing and expect difference. We can't do the same thing and expect different results, church. If we want to step in and have more intimacy in our relationship with God, we can't have that unless we actually change something. Maybe that's making more time. Maybe it's waking up a little early in the morning. Maybe it's turning off Sky Sports. All the men, whoa, whoa, that's a challenge, that's a challenge. You know, maybe if you are a teenager, or maybe if you're not a teenager, all of us can struggle with this. Maybe, maybe your phone is the distraction from you growing deeper in intimacy with God. You know, I have to laugh on a Friday because we come here. I love our youth. They're amazing. But like as soon as they get here, they're like Pinterest, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, check, check, check. I'm in, you know. (laughs) It's like every app. Like I've discovered apps that I didn't even know exist. Feeling old. But you know what? Sometimes you actually have to put your phone away, church, and get your Bible out. Get Get the pages out. Put the device away and start spending time with God. You know, if you want to step up and have more responsibility in different areas of your life, whether that's here at church, at work, at home, you know, what changes, you need to ask yourself, what changes do I need to make? You know, when I was, um, just before I started here, I was working in a recruitment role with a charity, and I remember them saying, you know, to us, look, our targets are going even higher than they are now. And um, we got these really high targets. And I was like, oh dear, how am I going to hit these? And if you weren't in the top three, you notice that certain managers would get you in the office and have like an encouraging chat with you. So why aren't you hitting your targets, you know? And I was determined I didn't want to be in that office, you know, but that required me to change the way I was doing things. I had to increase my call time. I had to get in a little earlier so I could get my admin out the way. I had to use all of my enthusiasm to motivate my university students who sometimes didn't have as much motivation to get the application submitted ASAP. Any uni students in the house? They're like, oh, the motivation's low today. (laughs) But you know what? I had to change something to see different results. You know, to step out in faith and start seeing God move, we have to be determined to do something different. You know, if if you were here last year for our Vision 80 offering, You know, we've been speaking about it this morning. There was an incredible opportunity to step out in faith financially to give. And since then, then, we've heard some amazing miracles. You know, but it starts with taking a step of faith. That miracle that Gemma's received this morning didn't happen because she didn't change or do anything. She had to do something to receive that miracle this morning. That's encouraged us here. I remember last year, John was speaking to me. We were in the office and he was saying, Lise, I just want more opportunities to step out in faith. He was saying to me, I'm praying, I'm positioning myself. And you know what? It really shocked me because like a week or two later, somebody approached him in town and John is Indian. So this is quite unusual, but someone approached him and was like, hey, are you a Christian? Do you go to church? And John was like, yes, and yes. 
to both of those. You know, and he had an opportunity to share his faith and invite that young man to church. But you know what, church? That would have never happened if John hadn't positioned himself positioned himself to say, God, I, I want to step out in faith. I need to change something. I'm going to push in deeper. Growth equals change. You know, Stephen Furtick says, you will when you do. You will do something. You will when you do something. <laughs> I was reading Ephesians 3 verse 20 this week. It's a well-known verse. It says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God is able, he can do more than we ask or imagine, but it's according to his power that is at work within us, church. You see, God wants to help us to grow, but it starts with us. Not everyone welcomes change. Change can be hard. Some people love it. I love change. Others, not so much. But I love the second part of this verse in Isaiah. It says in verse four, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Maybe you don't wanna step up or make the changes in your life because you have a reputation. Maybe people have spoke certain words over you. Oh, that person's like that. Oh, that person's like this. They're never gonna change. Oh, that person always gossips. Oh, that person's so stingy. They'll never give. You know, people say things, don't they? Maybe a word like that has been spoken over your life, but I just wanna encourage you today and say it doesn't matter what people think or they've said over your life, you today can decide how you want to live or be. You can decide today, God, I want to step up and be all that I can be for you. You know, like the people of Israel, God understood that they might have felt shame or humiliation. Maybe they felt disgrace because they knew they hadn't been living the way that they were intended to be living. But I love that God says, don't be afraid. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more. You know, when I first gave my life to God, I didn't come from a Christian home. Um, you know, so I didn't know anything about living for God or how to change or how to act. Um, and I can remember when I first started coming to church, I was looking at loads of Christians and I was comparing myself to them. And I was saying to myself, I can never pray like that. I can never be like that. I could never share my faith with anyone. But I had to change my thinking and realize and know that God could use me, that I could pray in the way that felt best to me, that I could share my faith with anyone. God doesn't want you to be a carbon copy of anyone here today, CLM. He wants you to be you. He wants you to be an original. So if you're doing something different, praise God. Maybe that difference is gonna impact someone else. But if you're trying to do something like somebody else, that's limiting yourself. You know, I had to break free from the limitations I placed upon myself and that were holding me back. And some days, church, I still have to. (laughs) You know, but I know I don't have to be afraid or fear change and neither do you. Which brings me to my last point. Why should I keep growing? The thing about my granddad's garden was that other people enjoyed the fruits of it. He created an environment which not only animals, but people could come and enjoy the fruits of it. And it's the same with us today, church. 
If we grow on purpose, if we choose to enlarge and stretch and strengthen, it's not just for us, it's for others. When you choose to grow in your leadership, you will lead others better. When you choose to grow in your marriage, your relationship will strengthen and others will be encouraged to find the right partner. When you choose to grow in serving well, Other people in the city will be blessed. They will come here and they will find the God who created them. We don't come and prepare the house for anyone except the people in the city to encounter God. You know, and and serving is a place we need to grow in. When you choose to grow in faith, God is able to use you to step out in situations where people may be healed and lives may be changed and God's love may be revealed. When you choose to grow in your own personal, intimate relationship with God, you realize that you were created for a purpose. You approach life with a new confidence in God, knowing that you are loved and rooted in a deep joy so that when life gets hard, you are not shaken. And lastly, why should you keep growing? Because Jesus did. Jesus grew. And he is our greatest example I'm going to invite Joe up on the keys as I read a last portion of scripture to you and close today. And it's from Luke 2, 41 to 52. It says this, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Imagine leaving your child behind in a different city. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they lost their kid for three days. They found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And listen to to Graceful Mary. Graceful Mary says, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. This is the part. Listen to this. Open up your hearts to this. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus didn't grow in the temple with the teachers, church. He didn't grow in the capital of Jerusalem where maybe every other rabbi dreamed of being. He actually went home with his parents and he grew there. You know, there's no perfect growth plan for you as a Christian except obedience to God in every season you find yourself in. You know, we often hear this so much, but Jesus was continually obedient to God the Father. Even 
to the point of deciding to go to the cross for us so that we could have life eternal, free from sin, living in a close relationship with our Creator. And we forget sometimes that He had to make that choice. Do you understand? He wasn't forced to go to the cross. He had to make that decision. Today, whatever season you find yourself in, know that Jesus grew not in the limelight. He grew where He was. He grew and he was obedient even till death. Why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads today? Maybe you have never made a a decision to follow Jesus before. Maybe this is your first time in a church building and you are thinking about this God I've been talking about. Maybe you've thought about different areas in your life that you would like to grow in, but maybe you have felt hopeless or like a failure, or maybe you're sitting here today and you don't feel good enough to give your life to God. You don't feel like you can live the Christian life. But I'm here today to tell you that you are not a failure and that God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life and you were created to know Him and live in relationship with him. And maybe you've been avoiding him, but can I tell you something this morning? He doesn't avoid you. He wants, to, he wants to have a close relationship with you. Maybe you're also here today and maybe you have come away from God. Maybe you were walking with God once, but maybe you're not walking as close as you were once upon a time. And maybe today you want to recommit your life to God. Well, if that's you, I'm gonna ask you a simple question. Will you follow him? Will you give God a chance? Will you invite him into your heart today? It was the best decision I ever made at the age of 16 and I will never regret it. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up where you are now. If you feel God speaking to you, thank you. That's great. He sees you. He sees you. That's great. Thank you. We see your hands. Thank you. That's great. God is not far from you today, church. God, I thank you for all of these people with their hands up now. Thank you that you made and created them for purpose, to be blessed and to be fruitful. Father, would you help them to begin this journey of faith with you today? Would you help them to grow and to know that you love them and to become the people you have intended them to be? In Jesus' name, amen. If that was you today and you raised your hand, I would love for you at the end of the service, come and get some prayer. Our prayer ministry team are gonna be here on the right, that's your left. Why don't you come and receive some prayer this morning? Make this a moment in your life that you're not gonna forget. Don't just walk out the doors. You've made a decision in front of God today. No one else, it's between you and God. Come and get some prayer. If it's your first time decision, you've just given your life to Jesus. Why don't you come and get some information about how you can start the journey of faith You know, for everyone else, and this is between you and God, before we go into a time of worship and the band leads us, maybe the Holy Spirit has highlighted an area of growth in your life today. And you are saying, I need to enlarge. I need to grow in this area. I need to strengthen. Well, I'm gonna ask you just to stand if that's you. If you wanna make that decision today to grow on purpose, why don't you stand as we worship?